You're listening to BNI, the Australian Story podcast, brought to you by BNI Australia, Australia's largest business referral organisation. For more information how your business can benefit from BNI and to find your local chapter, go to our website at bni.com.au. Now, here are your hosts, Veronica Lizamato and Brent Edwards. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 32 of BNI, the Australian story. Brent, we've done it. We've cracked the, uh, the 30s. Welcome. It's our executive director, Mr. Brent Edwards. Thank you, V. Great to be here again. Can you believe it? We started this podcast, we thought, let's put something out that's got some Australian content, some Australian accents and some real Australian stories from the Australian BNI members and uh, 32 episodes later. What were we thinking? Yeah, I think we're getting down to around 10,000 downloads. So uh, thank you very much for your support, everyone. We really appreciate it. So uh, it's, it's exceeded expectations and it seems to be growing and growing. So we're really proud of what we're doing. And even the little details that we talk about sort of in, a, in our banter, uh, I had a one-to-one with a, a lovely member yesterday who said to me that she learned about the BNI Connect profile settings by listening to one of our podcasts. So, you know, the support of the members is fantastic, but also thank you to you because your success, success tips at the end of every week are really helpful for all of the members to get a, an even better experience out of BNI. Yeah, I'm getting some good feedback from those when I'm visiting chapters, so it's good to hear. And uh, and they're there really just to um, to share my experience over 20 years in BNI. And uh, I love seeing people do really well out of our system. It's a great system. We've got great people. And I get a real buzz out of people working it really well and making a success of their life and their business through what we do. And we're definitely seeing some great success, even during these challenging times. And in Victoria, where we are at the moment, we're seeing some beautiful weather as well. We've got the sun shining, but not so much as our guests today, because they've got a lot more sun and freedom than we do. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, it gives me great pleasure to introduce our guest today, which is Lisa Gill. And Lisa's from BNI Brisbane South and Toowoomba. Uh, and she's the executive director in that particular area and looks after 10 chapters with a few in development as well. So it's a pretty big area she looks after up there. And uh, and Lisa originally, um, like a lot of the people in our organisation, came from the membership ranks. So hello, Lisa. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, and, hi, Brian. V. <laughs> Welcome. Now, Lisa, how... Did you end up finding out about BNI in the first place? We always ask all our guests this one question to start off with. Yeah, it's a great question, um, Brent, because I actually got invited to BNI a year before I joined. So I had a cafe in Paddington and Brisbane, and someone invited me along to a BNI chapter. And at the end of the meeting, passed me an application form, said, fill in this, left me alone, and that's all I ever heard from the story. Then went, okay, well, that was the end of that. And a year later, I got invited to a big breakfast by another BNI, uh, by another customer. And they started talking about the philosophy of BNI of Giver's Game. And that's actually what got me interested because I live my life by what goes around comes around or what you give is what you get. The, um, you know, treat people the way they want to be treated. And I went, if this organisation has that as a philosophy, I want to know more about it. So you didn't join on your first, after your first visit, you uh, just sort of let it go and and another year someone actually asked you again and, and then it was probably the right time, right place and 
you've seen something there that's actually uh, said, yes, this is this is an organisation I want to be a part of. Yeah, absolutely. And I had I got, completely forgot that story until just now. But nobody followed me up for the application either. So, oh, well, that's a big that's a big help. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Here's an application. Oh, let's give you a phone call follow up. <laughs> it's got a great saying. Uh, what is it, Brent? Follow up is there's a there's fortune in the follow up. Fortune, and I love that saying because it's so true, isn't it? Now, so one member has missed out on you coming in and joining the chapter. And then a year later, someone else has just invited you along and you've seen exactly what you needed to see. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and not following up is like getting a quote, giving, giving a customer a quote and not actually calling them to see if, they, if they'd like to accept the quote. You know, it's, it's like, okay, we'll give you the quote, we'll just leave it there and we'll just leave it up to you to contact us in your good, sweet time. And a lot of the time when you follow people up, you, they say, oh, yes, yeah, I was mean to get around to that because everyone was mean to get around to things. Yeah. And uh, when you do follow up, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, can you resend me that or or can you follow me up again or can I come for another visit? Yeah, absolutely. But usually if uh, if you don't follow some some people up, sometimes they, they don't know you care about them either. They yeah. think, oh, they, they don't really care, they don't really want me, no one's actually reached out to me. So, you know, especially in B&I and in business, follow-up so important and um, it's something we really need to put in our processes in in normal lives to do that not just in B&I. Yeah. So um, really big area you've got now so um, before we get on to the area you actually manage um, when you actually started joining B&I you're in a different profession I believe. Yes yeah, so I joined B&I as a caterer for my cafe and I wanted to build the catering side of the business and so I did that for seven years. I had the cafe for 10 in total. So I was in B&I for seven years with the cafe. Then I had to choose between my cafe and my husband. Um, because I'm very happy to tell you that I chose my husband. So I'm still happily married. And I thought I'll become a mortgage broker because the harder I work, uh, the more I'll get paid. Yeah. So it started at ground zero, got into B&I week one, and this is a really good story about credibility because I went into, I stayed in B&I in the same chapter, fortunately, in a mortgage broker role. And I said to one of the members, why would you refer me when I'm just starting out? And they said, because we know you and we know you'll find out how to get it done and how to do it because we already have trust in you. So ground zero, mortgage broking, straight into B&I, stayed in there for seven years as a mortgage broker didn't like the banks, so um, hence not a mortgage broker anymore. I'm not sure that story is <laughs> across a lot of people. But however, by the time I finished BNI, 80% of my business came directly from my chapter. I didn't advertise anywhere else um, because all of the referrals were coming straight from my chapter. So 14 years as a member in BNI. Wow. And it's unbelievable that you decide to change careers to a mortgage broker and actually found a seat open in your own chapter. Like, that's unheard of. Yeah. yeah well, there's a story there too, Brent, because we had an ANZ banker and the mortgage broker had left during my time as a cafe owner and I said to the ANZ banker, why don't you become a mortgage broker in the chapter? And he said, yeah, I should. So he switched. And then when I became a mortgage broker, he goes, I'm going to switch back to being a banker. And I said, why? And he goes, because I want you in here as the mortgage broker. Oh. So that whole giver's gain um, circle of life. Well, that's a higher collaboration between people with a very similar sort of outlook. And a lot of banks that come in, they want the mortgage broker role within the chapter because 
they think that's something they'll benefit from, but they can do loans, they can do credit cards, they can you know, open accounts, that sort of thing as well. So, you know, a lot of people don't like doing it and they can actually work together. So your dream in BNI, Lisa, was to be a BNI director. So tell us about that after seven years as a mortgage broker in a chapter. So, um, yeah, the, by fortune, uh, the region came up for sale uh, in Brisbane West uh, and Toowoomba and I put in to buy it and I actually have the job of my dreams I love it. And that person who invited me to the first meeting that I never joined, who would have ever dreamed that 15 years later, here I would be as an executive director. And I never believed in the saying, Brent, that find your dream job and you'll never work a day in your life. I never believed that. I owned a restaurant. I was a chef and I became a mortgage broker. They're not dream jobs, but I can tell you now, I have the job of my dreams and I never work a day in my life. It doesn't feel like work every day. Such a great story, and we have heard this from a, a few other guests, not a lot. Uh, but once you're in the community of BNI, once you have that visibility, and especially when you've got that credibility, not only can you cross chapters, but you can cross uh, professions. And you're taking that community with you, and they're actually lifting you up across all of the professions and saying, you know, something we know this person, and that's all someone needs to feel like they could be a trusted referral partner. So it's just such a great story. And anyone out there who's listening and possibly thinking about getting back into BNI in a different profession, if you've got that credibility, it's a fantastic network to be part of. Absolutely. And I see it happen all the time. And if I was changing cities or, or changing professions, the first thing I'd do yeah. would be to look for a BNI group because you've got that captive audience straight off. You're building relationships with the local community and you've got a group of people who actually want to help you succeed. Yeah. And um, it, it's it's really a, a no-brainer if you're going to do something like that because, you know, usually you'll get the 30, 40 people in the room, depending on what you do, actually try out your services anyway and they'll prefer you over other customers. And if you're actually working towards them and helping them, they'll feel more obliged to actually use you and refer you as well. So um, it's, it's like actually, okay, I'm going to pay this membership, which might be, $1,500, $1,800, no matter where you are in the actual, in, in the in the, in the country. And so I'm going to get 30, you know, around about 30 possible customers straight away without the referrals that, you know, that, that come from that. And uh, you can just sort of hit the ground running. You know, if you're credible and good at what you do and you've got a great product to supply. So, um, so from this journey in BNI, Lisa, you actually found your dad through this which is an amazing story. Can you elaborate on that for us? Well, I need to fast forward to say, anyone listening, if you want a specific referral, <laughs> specific is terrific, right? And so, yeah, the story is my dad left when I was born and I knew that he was still in Brisbane because he was part of the Greek community and we still had connections with the Greek community. And by the time I cared enough or was old enough and wanted to find him, uh, I had a Greek lady in my chapter. So I wrote his name on a piece of paper and uh, gave it to her. And I said, do you reckon there's any chance that someone in your community would know this person? And long story short, she came back to me and said, actually, my husband goes to the same church as him. Wow. 
and I um, told the story and I said why I wanted to meet him and anyone who knows my life, I, I had a fa- have a fantastic relationship with my mum. She was the mother and father for me. I just needed to put a face to a name. So I uh, had an interview with this, this lady and her husband of why because it was going to be a shock. Long story short, they brought him to my cafe and I met him 10 years ago. So they uh, did the whole your daughter wants to meet you thing and we spoke together a couple of times and he's gone off into the sunset uh, back into his life and that's okay. I just needed to tick a box and I ticked the box but uh, back to the specific is terrific, you know. (laughs) There was no way I would ever have been in a position with people that I could foresee to ask that question. Yeah and be in a position where I didn't jeopardise his life to meet him. So B and I facilitated that for me. You know what? One of the things I really love about B, B and I is that members go out of their way to help each other. So it's not always about the money. In fact, it's rarely people join B and I to make money, but they stay in B and I for the relationships but I love the fact that someone actually went out of their way to find something that wasn't about the business, but it was just about helping you, a fellow BNI member. Yes, absolutely. And I, I, I don't think people um, appreciate that quite enough, the, of the extra benefits of BNI. And as you were talking about that, I was thinking, what, what was, what's the biggest, other than buying a, a becoming an executive director, what, what's the other benefits I've received from BNI that wasn't monetary? And I often tell the story, I was going to join Toastmasters about the same time I joined BNI, and I wanted to be, get, become better at public speaking. So I didn't join Toastmasters, and 15 years on, two things happened. If you told me I'd get up in front of 500 people at an awards presentation and be the facilitator, I would have said, you're dreaming. <laughs> and the other thing, the Toastmasters would have taught me very well that BNI didn't is not to wave my hands and I'm a wog, so that's never going to happen, right? So BNI taught me those presentation skills. There's not a price you can put on that no. because it's it, it's been part of my journey. Yeah. You know the, um, and it just reminded me the the story you tell. It's not the first time I've found someone finding their father through B and I. I have heard of it happening before, which would which was um, which was another amazing story. Because now, what you ask for in B and I? Oh, for sure, for sure. What you? Are- <laughs> now, Lisa, we're. Uh, we're in the middle of uh, leadership team training at the moment and uh, just a couple of hours after we're recording this, we're doing another session and uh, I'm involved and you're involved and uh, you're running the uh, the Go for Green coordinator sessions and uh, we have a lot of members who are the Go for Green coordinators in their groups and uh, it's a it's a very new role. Um, can you tell us what, what really makes a, a Go for Green coordinator um, really do the role really well? Sure. Look, there was, I'm passionate about the Go for Green coordinator because, uh, but I need to come back to the why. Okay, so it's so important when we're talking to people about a lot of anything of the why do we do it? Now, why do we want our members to be green? Well, that's because that means that every the little bits that we need you to do, if you do that, it'll help you become successful. So the Go for Green coordinators will be training them to really understand those traffic lights and how to dissect them and then how to support people in BNI to help them to be the best versions of themselves. 
what are, what are we actually in BNI for and what do we want out of it? Like V said, we joined in the beginning to get referrals, but all the other stuff that comes with it, we're just doing those little basic steps to um, the, the fives. Um, we're going to be able to be successful and I want to help those Go For Green coordinators to understand the best way to support their members through that training. And what we find usually in uh, chapters, a lot of the chapters who, who have the majority of members in the green are the most successful because the green, um, the, the member traffic lights actually measures that activity. And if they're all hitting those individual marks through those different factors, um, they're, they're getting those results. And it doesn't happen. It's not something that happens overnight. Like uh, the member traffic lights are over six months, uh, but it's something that's it, it takes prolonged um, activity and usually you'll see the results and you know the chapter V's in is a, is a great example and uh, probably about 18 months ago two years ago we got to really focus on member traffic lights and getting the green and doing the activity probably took about 12 months for them to start to see the results membership wise and business wise uh, as of last year they never they had never made over a million dollars worth of thank you for closed business in the calendar year uh, this year, they're up to 37. They've put on 12 members in the last 12 months and they've done over $1.5 million worth of business year to date. So they're really at the belief now, hey, this is working, we, we've done that. So, you know, for chapters who, who, are, who are focusing on that, you're not going to get the results straight away. And this new leadership team, you're probably not, not going to get the results during this term, but you're going to plant the seed for the tree that's going to give you the fruit down the track. I, don't, I think people underestimate that perception is reality too, Brent. So if people are looking at the traffic lights and you're the mortgage broker in the grey, why would somebody want to be referring to you? If they, People know that the mortgage broker is going to get referrals, but what are you actually bringing to the chapter? So I, I'm, my mantra of um, perception is reality is, guys, don't underestimate people looking at that traffic light and what they can see because everybody can see it. Yeah. That's, I like what um, Dr. Ivan Meissner always says, why accept mediocrity when excellence is an option? And, uh, you know, that person sitting in the grey is maybe blocking someone from coming in who could be passing referrals and could be passing a lot of business to your group and working the system where everyone gets results out of it, not just that person. They could be a giver. Alternately as well, the, you know, that person in the grey may just need someone in the green to lend a hand down and say, let's have a one-to-one -one because I can see that your results are not um, reflecting. I mean, you're turning up to the meetings and, I, you know, I saw you bring a few referrals last week. Let's have a look at what's missing to try and get you up in the, in the traffic lights. Sometimes that member in the grey just needs to feel like they're not an outcast and that uh, the members in the green are not only just doing things for themselves, but they're actually reaching down and lifting up the other members. I love that, V. And about three months ago, I took two um, members in my region under my wings because if I'm telling the members or showing the members how to do this, I wanted to put the proof in the pudding. So I took two members and I just I have a, uh, an accountability call every Monday with them. And both of them, one went two months I've been working with is in the yellow from grey. The other one was from grey to the green in three months. Yeah. But it was just about that constant accountability. How can I help you? You told me you'd do two one-to-ones last week. How did that go? You know, and they're very grateful for it. But I just wanted to be able to prove what I, you know, don't, I've got to, if I'm going to train it, I've got to be able to do it. 
So what, what is the Go for Green coordinated job description? It is to work with uh, the mentors and the new member mentors to help members either get into the green as soon as they start or support members to get stay in the green or to go up into the green. And that doesn't mean it's all on their shoulders. It's working with the team around them as well, the mentors, the new member mentors, uh, to get to achieve that as well. And I like to think there's a bit of a roadmap that goes through there because... Um, if you meet the attendance requirements and turn up every week, you're green. Yeah. Um, if you do one hour of CEUs per week, you're green. Uh, if you do one one-to-one -one per week, you're green. And I like to think refer from that, referrals will look after themselves. Yeah. And closed business will look after itself as well. And then the only outlier there is visitors. And I don't feel people are really happy to invite visitors to their chapter if they're not proud of it. And if they're proud of the activity that goes on in that chapter, you'll find a lot more visitors will come. And if people aren't really proud of what they've got in their chapter, they, they, they tend not to actually invite as many visitors along as well. So if more people are doing the activity, there's more buzz, there's more money being made, and then the visitors, then people will feel more comfortable introducing people they know. So it's a flow-on effect right through it. Definitely. I was so excited in my first year of BNI that when I was a member, that in 10 months I had I received an award for the most members in the whole of Brisbane. And it was at a big breakfast that Ivan Meisner flew to Australia and presented this award. And I can tell you how much I didn't appreciate that the biggest boss of BNI was presenting <laughs> me this award. And now I look back and I go, wow. So I, but what you said, Brent, I was so proud. I wanted everybody to have this opportunity of BNI. Yeah. I still want everybody to have that opportunity of BNI. Yeah, I want to tell sure. the world. <laughs> <laughs> and you're living the dream, Lisa. Um, Absolutely. B, do you have any other questions for Lisa before we get uh, her final thoughts? I just firstly, not really a question, just want to say thank you, Lisa, because you've been um, a great supporter of me when I was doing the lockdown entertainment. And I just love that fact that you and I, you're like my sister from another mister. I don't, I've never met you in person, but I just feel like all the trainings we've done together and, you know, seeing what you've been doing in BNI has been really inspiring and watching you support me has meant so much. So I'd just like to say thank you because I know that's a lot of you, but it's, I wouldn't have met you if it hadn't have been for this community of BNI. So I just wanted to say thank you for that. Oh, you're most welcome. And again, V, I think that's something we can talk to people. If you can't be finding referrals for people, then how else can you support people? I mean, yeah, it was really hard listening to you guys sing every night. I mean, that was really easy. But how can you support people if it's not a direct referral for money? Yeah. Is it, um, you know, is it supporting them through, I don't know, babysitter or something like that? It doesn't always have to be that monetary referral. And it was my pleasure, V. I, I loved it. Thank you. As we say, people don't care how much you know until... You know how much you care. Absolutely. <laughs> we, we brought out all the cliches today. Just before we go, we always ask all our guests for a uh, for a member success tip. What would you be able to share with our listeners today, Lisa? Brett, I, I, it's not um, rocket science, but guys, if you follow the process of BNI, BNI will work for you. It makes me really sad when people say BNI didn't work for them, and then you go and look at what effort they put in, 
And it, the, I love this, the other cliche, if you treat B&I like your biggest client, that's exactly what it's begun, going to become. Yeah, I love that. I love that cliche too. Um, Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for being on today and uh, thanks for calling in for, from a cafe. As you can see, there's a bit of road noise in the background and we're really jealous of Lisa because she's able to sit in a cafe and talk to us. We're not <laughs> able to do in Victoria at the moment. So thank you very much, Lisa. And uh, V, what a what a great guest to speak to Lisa here today. Just fantastic. And, you know, it's similarly to smelling the roses, it's nice to hear the noise of life behind <laughs> Uh, because we don't get it. We took that for granted so much. You sit in a cafe and the noise and you just be like, oh, I can't hear each other speak. Now I'd be happy to sit in a cafe and not be able to hear someone speak just to feel like we were at it at all. <laughs> but one of the best things that I got out of this interview today, Brent, was the importance of following up and not just following up to see if they want to join. I think that's where we fall down a little bit. We we, we decide for a, um, a visitor if they're going to join or not and we measure how much effort in the follow-up we're going to give according to our assumption, if they're going to join or not, I think you should always follow up a visitor with a thank you. Just ring them and say thank you for your time because that's the, be the biggest investment that you could give me and you gave us time this morning. By the way, what did you think of the meeting? What a great tip. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't yeah. agree more. <laughs> so what about your tip? <laughs> well, I've got a bit of a, uh, my tip for the week is um, for new members, actually, and new members to build relationships. And one of those tips is if you can, offer a free sample of your service in one way to the members. What this does is actually starts to fast track your relationships. It gives them something to talk about, gives them a firsthand experience of your services and brings up the gets them to bring up the conversation with people they meet where they can recommend you and recommend a, a firsthand uh, you know, thing to share with someone. So, you know, work out how you can actually do that for your business. Not all businesses will be able to do it, but some businesses are, are actually separate. And this actually came, this actually, sharing your service actually came, this is where the testimonials part of the meeting came in. If you ever heard uh, Dr. Ivan Meissner talk about it, uh, he had a, like in the 80s, one of the early groups, so he had a chiropractor in one of the groups and chiropractors weren't taken seriously in the medical profession in the 80s in the good old days down there. Yeah, the chiropractor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, they, were, they were treated as, as, as quacks and uh, he wasn't getting any referrals. So he got up and, and offered the whole group a free adjustment at the meeting. Now many people took him up on that? Uh, I think it was none, wasn't it? One. Yeah, one. I remember it was a yeah, very low number. And when they came to the next meeting and the uh, and, and the referrals part of the meeting, because they didn't have the testimonials part of the meeting, uh, the guy who saw the who saw the actual uh, who had the free con consultation, he actually said, Hey, um, I haven't got a referral, but I want to uh, talk about a business in the room. Is that okay? And they said, Oh yeah, okay. And he gave he said Last week, uh, Doug, or whatever his name was, um, he didn't say whatever his name was, but I can't remember the guy in the story. But uh, he gave a, a free consultation for everyone in the room, and I took it up. And I tell you what, I've had headaches. I haven't been able to sleep since I've been to see him. My life hasn't been any better. And I highly recommend his services. And you guys are crazy if you don't take him up on this offer. And the next minute, everyone's writing out referral slips uh, to, the, to Doug, the chiropractor. And uh, 
what that ended up doing is adding the testimonials part to the meeting because mm -hmm. he was able to give a first-hand experience and actually pump up that person's tyres, giving credibility in the room, and that person started to get referrals, and he wasn't known as a, the quack chiropractor as such. So uh, that's my tip for the week. If you can offer a free service for your business uh, to start the ball rolling, see what you can do for people, whether it's a free consultation. But don't use it to try and sell to someone. Yeah. Make it, let them make their own decision. And if you're good enough at what you do, they'll come back to you. And that's why the process works, as Lisa said, because it's been derived and developed over lots and lots of different testing and measuring with real people within the meeting over, well, since 1985. Yes, yep. Yeah, so let's not reinvent the wheel, folks. Let's just get in there and do really good business with the, with the process that's one of the, well, the best in the world. Yep, fantastic. What a great note to finish on. Yep, thanks, everybody, for joining us for episode 32. And we'll see Thank you, Steve. Next week. Thanks, Steve. See you then. <laughs>